We are in a brand new series this month called Fine Line, and I'm more than excited. It's really about, it's obviously about relationships, but it's also about, um, it's also about helping you understand, not just in relationships with someone else or a significant other, but it's also about, turn me down a little bit. I can sound like, sound really hot. Okay. Um, it's ultimately, this is a, a, a series about relationships, but this is also a series about a relationship with that significant other, a relationship with a friend, and a relationship with God. That's what this series is all about. It is mainly about dating and stuff like that. And I'm going I'm to hit that first and foremost in this first part of the first week of the series. But, but I just want you to be prepared for the other ones because, because without the Lord in relationships, because he's designed us for it. We were designed to have relationship. Lord, the, God's designed us for that. But by ourselves, it's not the easiest to navigate. Without the Lord's understanding and without the Lord's counsel or with other people around us to keep us accountable, it's a very, very hard thing to navigate relationships. So I want to talk about that for the next two weeks. Next week is Spiritual Lounge. We're having our Valentine's party next week just to kind of have like this little intermediate and then after that, I'll do week two. And then at the end of this month, I'm getting some of our leaders that are in relationships and we're going to do a panel to where we'll talk about things that maybe you want to ask us about or, you know, questions that we, we can find that we think are very popular, popular questions that we want to answer, not just with our, not just with our own experience, but with the word of God as well. So that's what we're going to do for this month with Fun Line. But for week one, week one's very, very important. So if you, if you feel distracted, pay attention because this is a big deal. This sermon right here is going to be the one you're out of all the sermons throughout these next two weeks. This is the one that you should really have an eye on. The title for tonight is where is this headed? I put three question marks. Where is this headed? Like the shrug emoji or whatever. Like, I don't know where this is going. Speaking of direction, because I think of like, where is the head? Where am I headed? Talking about direction. So I love Sarah. Sarah's my girlfriend. I love her. I, I I love her to death. But one of the things that I'm not the biggest fan of is her sense of direction. Now I I can look for me. I cannot roast her that bad because I have a bad sense of direction. You can ask Dakota. I will take him to his house and I will have to ask him every time when I go to his house. Hey, which turn am I taking? Now I'm getting better, but mainly because it's once a week. I don't go to this house every day. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly where I'm going. Like, that's not how it works for me. So I have a bad sense of direction, but I'm talking about Sarah's when she turns. So, so, so the first thing was, and it was, and it was, and she didn't know this. So we were going to Jet Coffee one time. I was studying for a sermon and she was coming study with me. And I took, there's about three red lights. Johnson Street is a mess, by the way. It looks like the devil's playground. It's horrible. So you're going three, there's three red lights total until you can turn around and get to Jet Coffee. So I usually take the second red light. And so once Sarah gets it, she's like, how did you get there before me? I was literally in front of you. I was like, I took the second red light. Like there's one red light. You can't turn on that, on that road yet. But the second red light, you can, you can go in there, turn into the gas station, whatever, and go back to Jet Coffee. She's like, I didn't know you could do that. I'm like, did you see the second red light? And she's like, no, I was like, I was still going. I knew the third one or whatever. And she, she had the intention of, you know, turning around, but she just the direction part, the direction part. Now for the Sonic drinks. I want to talk about this, the Sonic drinks. (laughs) 
So no, this is not her fault, but this is, I thought about this. Yes, I should have asked for her permission. I will ask, I will ask for forgiveness later. But for this one, <laughs> for this one, she was, she was, she bought me and my brother Sonic drinks and it was great. You know, she was treating me and my brother and well, no, she, we, we weren't being treated. I had to pay for it. So I, she, we, she goes in and gets our Sonic drinks and, and she gets back with a, with my brother slushy with nerds all over her front of her car, like in, inside the, the passenger seat. I'm like, what happened? And she's like, I made a really sharp turn. <laughs> she went, she, she literally was driving, right? And then she went, yeet! And she like turned all the way into where I was driving, where my house is. And she turns and like it goes, Psh. but guess what? Hers was the only one that didn't mess up. Hers was the only one. Me and my brother had to pay. I'm not wounded, but I'm just saying I have to get it off my chest to let everyone know that Sarah's really good at turning. So <laughs> I, I promise this is just an illustration. I'm not bugging her. I kind of am. But, but what was funny was that she had the intention of turning. <laughs> but the way she was directing it and the way she was trying to get in the direction is just like, and then she, you know, she, she messes up my drink and I had to pay for it without getting a drink, which is fine. But the funny thing was that what caught me when I was thinking about it today, I know I should have asked you, but when I thought about it, your drink was the only one that survived. All, both me and my brother's drinks didn't survive at all, and, and hers was perfectly fine. I think because it wasn't in the cup holder or whatever. It was in her cup holder. It was in her cup holder. And it was perfectly fine. And I thought about it, man. She had the intention of keeping the drink safe. But with but because her intention was to turn, but the direction of her being conscious about turning was a yeet, it messed up. And then she didn't get the flack. She didn't get the hit. Me and my brother's drink did. It sounds really weird. There's a difference. There's a fine line, and that's with the title. There's a fine line between intention and direction. There's a difference between having the intention of something and having the direction of something. You can intend to get a job, but the direction is, I need to look. I need to know where I'm going to find a job. You can have the intention of making a good habit in your life, but without direction and without a really conscious way of thinking, not a sentimental way of thinking, you will have a very hard time committing to the habit because you feel like making it a habit, but what happens when you don't feel like it anymore? When you don't feel like the habit's not working, when you feel like it's, it's worked for a while, and I've done the same thing. I'm like, I have the intention to go to the gym four days a week. Now I go two days a week. I don't go that much because the intention is good, but the direction is messed up. In relationships, and y'all pay attention to this, in relationships, you can have the intention of dating that human being, but without a sense of direction, it'll end in disaster. Without, without the lovey-dovey part, because it's important. This is important. Lovey-dovey part is very, very important. But without directing and seeking the counsel of how to do it, like where is this relationship going to lead? Where is it headed? Where is it going to go? Relationships should be taken more seriously. And here's the deal. I don't blame y'all. Because for some of us and some people that you know, you were never taught the value of relationship. You were never taught this is how you treat a woman or this is how you treat a man. You were never taught that. So a lot of the times you jump into relationships making up your own direction and thinking that this is the way to go. But sometimes when you do that, 
it ends in disaster. So, Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 through 6, Jesus is having to school these Pharisees about marriage and, and dating and relationships. And he says this in verse 4. Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother to join with his wife. And the two are united to become one. Since they are no longer two, but one. I love this ending. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. We are taught that if the intention leaves, we leave. If the feeling is gone, we leave. The feeling was never gone. The feeling was always there. But without a sense of direction, without a sense of leading, maybe you're a victim of this or you have done this. Without direction, there's no destination for it. There's no purpose. This is what happens when you put everything with intention instead of direction. Because here's the deal. You were built for relationships. God has built it for us to have relationships. And relationships are a good thing when they are done the right way. Many a times it can be confusing when we're supposed to date or how we're supposed to date. It's very, very difficult. People treat relationships like it's some type of like insurance policy. Like I can just do whatever, how, whenever, and then if they don't satisfy me, I'm leaving. What this does in your life is that it's going to cause not just, it's not just for them. I'm not being like, oh, you trash person, like you break people's hearts. Like that's not what I'm saying. It does something to you. It does something to you that it'll cause you to do that in the future if you don't have a sense of direction. Because the intention is good. My intention is to date and marry Sarah. But the, y'all hold on, relax. (laughs) It's all recorded. Get this on record. Okay. I I will love her in a direction, not with an intention. I love her with the intention. I have the lovey-dovey feeling. But what happens when the intention hits a conflict? What happens when that intention that you will love this guy and I'll put the girl scenario. Oh, man, this guy, he's so cool. Like, I, like, I, like, like he's like, he's so nice and so tall and all this stuff. And, and, but you, you like him, but he has an anger habit. He has an anger issue or he has really bad spending habits. I'm going very simple right now. Very, very simple. You know, financial problems. This dude, this dude ain't going to make it. Like he's like, you probably need to hold his money and pay his bills for him. That's what's pretty much what's trying to happen. But, but what happens when y'all butt heads? Because, because a lot of the times in relationships, y'all are completely different to complement each other, but you're also very different. Sometimes that collides. If that was the case, if that was the case, if I went with my intention, I would never date anybody in my life. I would never date Sarah if that was the case with how I think of things and how she thinks. We're both different and we complement each other and it collides with each other. 
And people don't like that. It's like, oh, y'all fight in a relationship? Yeah. Y'all act like it's some type of like rainbows and unicorns of a relationship. It's a part of that. It's a part of that. You're going to have those moments of like sentimental moments with that person, but it is not all the time. People don't get that. People are like, oh, yeah, this it's going to be a great relationship. No. No. That's not going to happen. People fight over where to eat. People, people break up on where to eat. That stuff happens. That, I've heard stories of that. I have someone that I know that has done that. I've heard these things. And if it leads up to that point, where's your direction? Where are you trying to go? So the theme scripture that we use for youth life is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. And I want to read this to you. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, do not copy the behaviors. When I talked about in the last series, worldly normals, that's the custom of behaviors of what the world does. It says, do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We think it has to be our behavior. You're not supposed to copy behavior, but your behavior is not what makes you a Christian. Your behavior of how you operate in things, because if that was the case, none of us would be Christian. None of us would be Christian. You worry, not a Christian. You cuss, not a Christian. You, you, you do all these things that you wouldn't even say in church, not a Christian. Because it's not by behavior. Now, you get better and you change your life and you live holier. That comes to a point. If you're not, then you're backsliding. But when it comes to the forefront of my behavior is not my identity. When I know who I am, I'll know what to do. And behavior is rooted in identity. That's where it's rooted in. It's knowing who God is and who you are. And so he's saying, Paul is telling the Romans, stop copying what the world does. The reason why is because what they do does not work. What they do does not function. It's great for a moment, but it leaves you lonely. It leaves you in a lonely place. It leaves you in an isolated place. We ain't playing high school, even though y'all are in high school. <laughs> y'all are in high school, but, but that's why it says to not create a custom to the world. Because the way the world looks at things is a lot worse compared. The following your heart thing, I preached that a couple of weeks ago. I preached that a couple of weeks ago about following your heart. And the problem with following your heart is that the Bible does say, now you have a new heart, but there's still a nature in you to do what God doesn't want you to do. That will always happen. Even as me as a pastor, I still have a flesh that still wants to do what it wants to do. Paul said it. Paul said, I do what I don't want to do, but I do, I, I do what I don't want to do, but I don't want to do what I do, what I'm supposed to do. What he means that what I need to do, when I need to do the right thing, I don't do it. But when it's an it's an inch of what I'm not supposed to do, I guide towards it because that's how the human nature operates. That's how our humanity operates. I do what I'm not supposed to do, 
but I don't do what I'm supposed to do. It's the accustomed, it's the normal. But when we submit our lives to God as an act of worship, emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually, it changes the way we think. Our intentions are driven by emotion. Our direction is driven by our thinking. Learning, doing everything by emotion will cause a lot of problems. Emotion is an indicator. An emotion is indicating that something's not okay. That's what it's doing. And I'm for it. I'm for emotions, bro. 110%. But when it comes to the fact in real situations, emotions are not your best friend in those situations. They're not. They will cause you to do something that you wouldn't want to do. It will cause that. That's why it starts like this first. My emotions are for the Lord and the Lord only. That's where I bring it to. I don't bring it to anyone else. I don't throw up my frustration on someone I'm frustrated with. I don't do that. But the reason why is because I know who to bring it to. That's why. That's why when emotions become the decision maker in relationships. I want to show this to you. I'm about to close. I know it seems kind of short, but I want to tell you these two things. Then I'll read a scripture and then I'll close. I want to tell you these four things about when you have intention without direction. Intention without direction leads a person to, to expect. Expectation. First one, Brooklyn. Expectation. What the intention does is that your intention is to expect how good it's going to be. How great it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be a great relationship. This is going to be the most baller relationship ever. And you have an expectation. I'm not saying relationships are bad. Do not twist my words. A relationship is a gift from God. But the healthiest relationships are willing to face the biggest conflicts. And when you have the intention to expect, a second thing happens. You get disappointed. That's the next one. Disappointment. Because you have expected it to be great, but Jimmy got some anger problems. Jimmy's got some anger problems. Now you're disappointed because, like, I thought he was going to be so nice to me all my life. No. No. That, why does Jimmy do that? I know Jimmy's a weird name. Why would Jimmy do that? Because Jimmy is a human being that is caught up in flesh just like you do. So what he's going to do is he's going to act on the flesh sometimes. And we've, and even in conversations, you have to understand like in, in, a, in a serious conversation, you're going to hurt me and I'm going to hurt you. It depends on how we react to it and talk about it. That is where healthy relationships happen. If there's a conflict and you're just so subconscious, like, man, I can't believe I hurt them. It's okay to feel sorry, but don't expect it to not happen again. You can get better at it, but that's always going to be in your life. People, people, hurt people, hurt people, but also even in relationships, it's always going to happen because you never intended to. We don't intend anything, but yet it still happens. Why? Because without it being directed or governed by Christ, there is a void. It's a hole that won't be fulfilled. So disappointment, you get disappointed. Now the intentions are starting to die. Third one is you start to act out in dysfunction. You start to do dysfunctional things. You start to do things that are more toxic than what you used to because you're disappointed. 
and he creates an, an emotional upheaval in your life where you're like, well, he's going to get mad at me. I ain't going to make him any food. I ain't going to buy him no McDonald's. I ain't going to do nothing. That. I ain't going to do none of that. Dysfunction. Dysfunction causes that. Because you have waited and waited and thought that God would give you someone so perfect, so great. But the beautiful part is, is that y'all worked. That's how God has created y'all so different. Because in a relationship, you got to lay down some preferences. In a relationship, you got to lay down some agendas. In a relationship, you have to lay down your own way of thinking sometimes to hear that other person. It's very hard. I'm a very perfectionist person. Sarah's very analytical and perfectionist, but I, I am in a lot of ways, in other ways. And because she doesn't think like I do, I think of it as a bad thing. But it's not true. The way she thinks might be sometimes greater than what I think. And sometimes her perspective can complement my bad perspective. And this is where I can't let my dysfunctional thinking I'm being real with y'all. Everyone likes to act like everything's okay in a relationship. No, no, it's not. You're going you're gonna to love each other one day and want to kill each other another day. Literally. Now, I don't want to kill Sarah. I've never gotten to that mindset. But what I'm saying is, you have to understand what I'm saying. If you expect perfection, you will be disappointed by conflict. When you expect everything to go great, Conflict happens and now you're disappointed and now you're dysfunctional. And the last thing, it leads to destruction. Destruction is what, because if the relationship isn't the best, you don't end on a good note. You end on a bad note because you expected, got disappointed, was dysfunctional, lost feelings. You wait too long and boom, destruction. It destroys because if we, are with intention, but no direction, it leads to that. Look how complicated that is. Expectation, disappointment, dysfunction, destruction, it leads all that. That is so complicated. But for my last point, direction, not intention. I'm not saying intention's not there. Intention is very important, but usually intention is so overthrown and it takes over direction, it doesn't work. And you have nothing to hold on to. But direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Relationships, y'all, being brutally honest, relationships are meant to be with someone that I believe God has designed opposite of you and you date to marry. That is where it leads we can't be fumbling on other people, oh, which boo am I going to have next week? We can't be doing that. We can't be fumbling on these things and act like we're doing some type of deed to somebody. We can't be doing that. Because when you realize that Christ is the center and you have this spiritual maturity, what it does is that it keeps you loyal. It keeps you committed. It keeps you in a place where you're going to be directed. It creates the destination. If you know where it's headed, you know the destination. When you know where your relationships are headed, you know where it's destined to go. But it's like, okay, Lord, how do I, how do I know the direction? How do I direct myself? 
Last scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, is the answer on how to get direction. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Another translation says, on your own way of thinking. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Most of us make decisions based on what we think is best, but scripture calls us to not depend on our own understanding, but to trust and seek God's will. Something looks, even though, listen y'all, even though something looks good, doesn't mean it's God. People think everything that's just great and good comes from God. Not all the time. A good decision is not as awesome as a God decision. Never. Never. A good decision will never be as good or as great as a God decision. To end this with a story, I can have, I can have Rachel come up. To end this with a story, and Sarah knows about this, and she, and she helps me as much as I help her, because that's what y'all do. Y'all help each other. In relationships, you help each other. Um, before there was a Sarah, there was someone else. Before I started dating Sarah. Oh my gosh, y'all, can y'all chill? I was in a different realm and I was trying to, and I was thinking I was hearing from God. I'm like, oh, I'm going to marry this girl, all this stuff. And it was going to, it was going to be great. It was going to be awesome. This is what happened. And it was in, it was in Bible college. So don't go to Bible college to find a relationship because that's just a whole, a whole cluster, bro. A whole cluster. So don't do it. But what that did was I waited a year. I waited a year and I had no peace, man. It was, I didn't even realize it because when you're so, <laughs> when you're so engulfed in intention and you have no direction, you don't see red flags. You don't see all this stuff that you can't talk about because it's engulfed in a love that you think it is. So I wait a year and within two months of talking to each other, she backs out. And I'm like, man, I waited a whole year for you. And then I asked God, God, why did you let that? I blamed God, which was funny because, you know, some way God really had nothing to do with it. But in a way, now that I say that, in a way he did. Because he gave me something that was far greater than what I prayed for, was far greater than what I thought I needed. Because a good decision doesn't mean it's a God decision. Because you think that because it's good, it's God. God is good. But sometimes your situation isn't good. Just because God is good doesn't mean what you're dealing with on the inside is good. Everybody always says that. It, like we talk about situations and everyone's like, no, dude, God is good. I'm like, I know that. I know God is good. I know God is holy. I know God is sovereign. But I'm not. But I'm dealing with stuff that no one knows about. I'm, 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 I'm trinkling up in like, rolling it like folding it up like it's a robe and I'm hiding myself I know God's good but sometimes I'm not sometimes I'm not and what y'all need to understand is that the intention is not as great as direction I pray everyone in this room in here if you if you've been having problems with just an intention. I, be, I pray that God gives you direction this week. Maybe it's not a relationship. Maybe it's something else. You may, you're probably not even on the relationship mindset. Most teenagers are, but I was. 
<laughs> but if it's something else that's not even this, and you've been in a, and you've been lacking direction, you don't know what to do. I pray the Lord gives you direction in something. Maybe it's not a relationship. Maybe it's something else deeper than that. Maybe it's something in you. Because that's the thing, y'all. We blame people. We blame problems. We blame. We blame situations. We blame all this stuff. But sometimes it's in us. The wrestle is not with flesh and blood. The wrestle is not with people around me. It's not. The reason why it's not is because the battle has always been within yourself. It's always been within you. People can do harm. I want to use this illustration. And I'm not going to name names. They're not in here. But I'm not going to say their name either. They made a story, an illustration of something that someone said to them. It was like it was like hitting a hammer on their heart that was made of glass. But the problem wasn't that person who hit the hammer with the glass heart. That person that got hurt by that hammer picked it up and kept going. And kept going. And kept going. Because it's not what that person has done that will cause the the defect. It's when you keep telling yourself over and over and over. When you keep telling yourself over and over and over, I'm unlovable. I can't make it. I'm not fit for this. I, I can't I can't do anything right. Hitting the hammer on a glass heart. It wasn't that person who did it. They did it only once, but it took this in a relationship. So when you get breaking up, when someone breaks up with you, it's not them that has caused now the the, the down spiral. It goes with you. Now you make a decision. Are you going to grab that hammer and keep? Or are you going to let God put those pieces of glass back together to where your heart is made whole again? Are you willing to? Intention without direction is destruction. But direction on the side of intention, with direction being number one, leads you to a greater destination in relationships. You have to understand that. Because you don't know it yet, what God calls you. Other people call you stuff, whatever it is. I'm not, look, it's maybe a preference. Maybe I'm just too boring or bland. I hate it when people make fun of people. I hate it. Because what it does is that it doesn't cause that person who's making the joke to label someone. That person has now labeled themselves with that, with that phrase. That's what it does. It's not that person who's made fun of them. It's the label you put on yourself. Because you can drop it just as easy as pulling off a tag. But it's the name that you put on you. Whatever phrases you can think of. I don't mean to bring up any type of trigger or trauma. But it's like a name now. Whatever that, whatever you've been called or whatever you've been... I know it's gearing away towards relationships, but I feel that in my heart, you've labeled that. That's why it's hard to get in a relationship. Because you've labeled something. 
But if you would trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding, you will have a better way of thinking on what, this is where I know the relationship is going to head out to. I know now where it is. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to make you raise your hand or anything because right after this, we're going to go into our small group discussion. But I need you to understand something. That God, and you might not believe me when I say it, because you're either distracted, you're either full of so many other thoughts right now that you can't even focus. But hear my words tonight. God wants to give you direction. God wants to take the label of the sticker off of you. God wants to do that. But it's going to take you. It's not other people that have done this to you. It's what you do afterwards. Because you can't control people. You can't control what they do to you. But what you can control is what you label on yourself and how much you're going to take that hammer and bang your own glass heart and hit it with that hammer over and over and over. So I want to pray over you tonight. And if you have been lacking in direction, I believe that God's going to give it to you tonight. I believe he's going to give it to you tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for direction. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for direction in everything, not just in relationships, but, Lord, in in what what we want to do for our life. Lord, direction with vision, direction with... With, with, with things within us that we need to deal with, Lord. Lord, we thank you for direction. But Father, I pray that we, that you teach us, physic, not just a physical illustration, but Lord, a spiritual one where we can rip, rip off the tag or rip off the name tag of what we've been called that we've stuck upon our hearts and our minds for a long time now. Father, we, I ask that you break down every lie, every disappointment, every expectation, every dysfunction that is trying to manipulate your purpose in these people. Thank you, Jesus. That you're doing something right now that you're doing something right now. That even when no one else cared, you were there. Even when no one else batted an eye towards, you were there. You were there. And some people don't have that in here, Lord, so I pray that you give that to them. I pray that you get everybody be quiet. Stop talking right now. Stop talking. Thank you, Lord. Give us a fresh perspective in this moment as we lay down all distractions and that you are giving us a greater perspective on what type of direction we need to take. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. I pray that in our discussions, Lord, that we apply. That we don't just leave and do whatever. But Lord, I pray that it would sink within a heart that needs it, no matter if it's one person. Lord, let it sink within a heart 
even when everyone else doesn't pay attention. Lord, let that one person in this room who wants to hear from you, who the one who wants to hear your word from you, Lord, I pray that you give it to that person right now who is desperate for your word, who's desperate for your voice, who's desperate for you to speak to them, who's desperate to feel your touch, who is desperate for someone like you, Lord, to come in and comfort them. I pray that you give it to that person and you bless them. Thank you, Lord. And I I pray a blessing over everyone in this room and that they would see you in a greater light, not just in life, but Lord, even in themselves. They might not see themselves as children of God, but Lord, make it known to them. Make it known. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing and what you're going to do throughout our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.